the 14th chapter of Hilchas Tain Venitin, the laws involving a, a plaintiff and a defendant regarding financial disputes. Today's pedic contains 14 halachas and will continue with the laws of Chazaka by land. Who is the presumed owner of a, of a parcel of land and how do we determine this presumption? Pedic Arba, also the 14th pedic Halacha Aleph. In previous parakim, the Rambam has taught us what is the idea of Chazaka. In the absence of other proof as to who is the owner, who, how can we determine who is presently the owner of the land? Is it someone that we knew was the owner of this land in the past, or is it the person presently in possession of this land? The Rambam gave us the general principle previously that anyone that has been in constant use of the land for three consecutive years is considered to have the Chazaka. Chazaka Shalashanim. After three years, he is considered normally to be owner of the land unless there is proof to the contrary. However, in Pedicute Gimel, the Rambam gave various exceptions, various categories of people that even though they have been utilized in the land for three years, this is not considered a proof in their case such as cases where people are not makpid on the other one, for example, a partner and so on, as the Rambam described all the categories in the previous pedic. Now the Rambam goes further and says that from these people we mentioned in the previous pedic, that their chazaka, that they do not have a chazaka, even though they had utilized the land for three years. There are others that furthermore, not only for three years, they will not have a chazaka, but even if they bring a proof that the land has been sold to them, even then it's not a proof they own the land. Any of the people we mentioned in the, yesterday's paddock, whose utilization of the land and the consumption of its profits for three years is, can, is not considered a proof in their unique cases. Even should they bring, should they bring witnesses that the previous owner sold them the land or that it was given to them as a gift this proof is acceptable with two exceptions the exception of a robber someone that robs a theft by, uh, by force and a husband vis-a-vis -vis his wife's belongings in either of these two cases, even if the thief or the husband produces a, doc produces a document or other proof that the thief has bought the land or the husband has bought the land from his wife, the proof is not acceptable. However, which type of belongings are we speaking about? That a husband, regarding his wife's belongings, even should he bring a proof that he bought it, it is not acceptable. So the Rambam is going to describe various categories of the belongings of a wife that Sometimes her husband is believed, and sometimes his proof is not acceptable. Two general categories that we've found many times in, the, in these halachas and in Hilchas issues are Nixit Son Barzel and Nixit Maluk. Nixit Maluk are belongings which belong to the wife. She had them before she was married. She brought them into the marriage. And she owns them also. However, her husband has the right to use the peres, to use the fruit of the land. Should the land itself be damaged, it belongs to her and she has to endure the damage. Her husband need not pay her back for damage caused during their marriage. Nixit Son Barzel, however, are, are belongings which are so to speak almost completely given over to her husband should any damage happen to them should they increase or decrease in price then he has total responsibility for them the only time they will revert back to her property is in the case of divorce they will go back to her now should he produce a document that nixed its own bodice those things which 
he has complete responsibility for, was sold to him by his wife, then this is not an acceptable proof, says the Rambam. Because, first of all, he could say, what you, why would you not want to sell it to me? Are you worried what's going to be in the case of divorce? You're worried you're going to be divorced. And so, too, that since he anyway has complete responsibility for it, he might be very upset should she not be willing to sell it to him completely. However, Nixi Maluk, which belongs to her, he will understand if she not want to sell it. This is her complete possession, except for the fact that he can utilize the fruits. Therefore, as the Rambam will now explain with some other cases added in, that a Nixi Sambaras, the proof will not be acceptable. Nixi Maluk, the proof will be acceptable. So with which belongings do we say that a husband's proof that his wife sold him the field is not acceptable? It's not acceptable with belongings which which are completely within his responsibility. Or a second exception. That as there are various explanations of the following few categories in the commentaries. We'll take one of these explanations. That it's a field that which is singled out to be used for payment of her ksuba. That is not written in the ksuba in the marriage contract. But after they were already married, he said that in the case you will need a ksuba, in the event of divorce, in the event that you are widowed, then you will collect from such and such a field. And so too a basadisha kosovasa. And so too a field which was singled out in the in the ksuba itself, that it will be the source of collection. And so to a basadeshanasanla bashu mishalai, a field which was given a, with the appraised property of his. This is referring to a field which is given to her over and above the regular price of the ksuba to correspond to the amount of dowry she brought into the marriage. In any of these cases, he would be upset should she not sell it to him and therefore if she sold him she could always claim later on that she did it only to, to cause her husband pleasure she didn't really mean to sell it to him but for the sake of Shalom Bayez for peace in the house she sold this land if he should, however should produce a document that he has bought any of these things which he has only the rights of the fruits from her then it is considered to be a valid proof as Ramam explained in the 22nd chapter of Hilchah's issues, that in this case, he would understand that she would not want to sell it, since this is something which anyway is virtually within her complete possession. Since it would not affect the Shalom bias anyway, he would not be that as angry. Should she not wish to sell it to him, she does not have the excuse that she did it for the sake of Shalom bias. Halacha base. What exactly is the case in which a thief does not have a valid proof? In other words, even if he brings a proof that the land is his, that it is still not acceptable. Once he has already been proven to be a thief on this field, that he has already tried to steal it, even should he bring a proof later on that the owner of the field admitted to him in the presence of witnesses, that he admitted that he sold this field and that he took money for it, and later on, the original owner's claim, we didn't really sell it to him. It was only because we were afraid of what he would do to us, that he is somebody that operates by force, and therefore we admitted to him that we sold it to him and accepted money for it. This claim of the previous owners is acceptable. Therefore, might see in as We take the field away from this accused thief, and he has no right whatsoever to the field or to any money back, because the original owner claims that he really never gave any, accepted any money in the first place. If, however, there are witnesses that not only say that the original owner admitted that he 
that he, he sold the land. But they testified that they saw such and such an amount of money counted out that this uh, suspected thief gave to the owner of the land. In this case, that we do take the field away from this thief. However, the original owners must return the price of the field to the thief. That since we have witnesses that money did pass hands, that we believe this part of it that he was forced to sell, and therefore, since he was given money, he must return that money to the thief. As the Rambam explained in the laws regarding theft. Halacha Gimel. We mentioned in the previous paddock that some of the exceptions, the people that have the field for three years still do not have a valid chazaka. Three exceptions are a craftsman, a tenant farmer, and a guardian. The Rambam now deals with what happens to the children of these three categories of people. Ben ha'umenu ben ha'odis ben ha'patrupis the son of a craftsman, of a tenant farmer, or of a guardian, that consumed the field, in other words, consumed the produce of the field, the profits for the years necessary for making a chazaka. In other words, they had it for three years. Should they claim that the original owner sold or gave them the field directly, then they have a chazaka, a presumption of ownership. They, since they claim that it was a direct transaction between them and the original owners, the fact that their father happened to be the craftsman or so on doesn't affect their business relationship. And therefore, like any other people, they have a chazaka after utilizing the field for three years. However, if they claim, however, that it was an inheritance then to their father who consumed the field for the years necessary for chazaka, then they have no presumed ownership of the field. That since we wouldn't trust their father, in other words, their father has no chazaka even after three years, and they got it from him, so therefore they have no right to the field either. If they can bring witnesses, however, that the original owner of the field admitted to their father in their presence that it was sold or given to them, to their father, in this case, we allow them to keep the field. That although we said in Allah Allah that there are certain people that even should they bring a proof that it's theirs, it is insufficient. An umen, an artist, an abatrupas are not in this category. Therefore, should they bring a proof that it was sold to them, the proof is valid. Allah Dalit. However, Ben Agazlan, the son of a thief, even should he provide a proof that the original owners admitted to his father that it was sold, it is not a proof, as the Ramam explained in Allah Habayz, that this proof is that this, this proof is invalid, because perhaps he made this statement under duress. And he did not really intend to sell it, or intend that it, in fact he had sold it. Avo Ben Ben Hagazlan. However, the, this thief's grandson, even if he comes not on a claim of his own, and the, but rather on the claim of his father's, that it was sold to his father, he does have a chazaka. In other words, three years is a sufficient proof. If he claims he had a direct relationship, then we would believe him, certainly, because it doesn't hurt him who his ancestors were. He has a direct relationship and witnesses for that. If, however, he is 
coming on the claim of his father. In this case, it was okay because his grandfather was the thief. His father was not a thief. Therefore, if he claims his father was the one that bought this field, not with a claim based on his father, that it came from the grandfather, then he is to be believed. However, should he come with a claim to the field from his grandfather, then he has no chazaka. Because since his grandfather was a gazlin, and his grandfather had no, no proof of a chazaka to this field, anything which is acceptable, should he come with the power of his grandfather's claim, his claim is also invalid. The next two halachas will deal with the possibility of chazaka by a non-Jew. Halacha hey. A non-Jew, even should he utilize and take the profits from the field, for many years, it is still not considered a valid proof. There is no valid chazaka here, that since the Jew is afraid normally to make a macha of an official protest against a non-Jew, therefore, his holding on to the land without any protest is not a proof. How and the im lay hey vishtar tachser hasade labaylim bleishum shvua? Should the non-Jew be unable to produce a document showing that he bought the field, the field returns to the original owner without even having to take an oath, even a rabbinic oath. Shalot tikkun shvuas heses elu yisrael. Our sages only enacted that there should be a rabbinic oath in the case of a Jew, when one has a claim against a Jew. However, to deny the claim of a non-Jew, our sages never established any such oath. And furthermore, the Yisrael habo machmas hagoy harayhu kegoy. A Jew who is coming with a claim that he is now ha- he now has a chazaka that he is now in possession of the land. However, he bought it from the non-Jew. He is considered in the same halachic status as the non-Jew himself. That his chazaka on the land is also no proof for anything. Because how could since he is basing his entire right to the land on the goy's possession of the land, how could he have a better claim than the goy? His whole claim is miyusid. It's all based on the goy's claim. Therefore, his living on the field and utilizing the prophets for three years would also not be considered a valid proof. However, as the Ramam says in the next halacha, this is only if there is no shtar. If the guy himself had a document, and this is proof that the, the guy had the field, and he would have the right to keep it. And then the Jew bought it from the guy, he would have the same right as, as uh, any other Jew buying a field, or has, who has the field, and can prove that it's his using the three years of Chazaka. And so too, Halach Abab, Tohan Zah Yisrael Habo Machmas HaGoy, Ba'omer Befonai Lokcha HaGoy, Shemokr Limizah Yisrael HaMa'arir Olay. The Jew makes the, uh, makes the claim and says as follows, that this, this non-Jew bought this field in front of me, the same field that he sold to me, I saw him buy it from the Jew who is now the plaintiff against me. I'm the defendant. The Jew is trying to grab the field from me. But I witnessed, this, this field I bought from the guy, I witnessed the guy buying it from the Jew. Now he has a much stronger claim. In the previous halacha, this Jew has no idea whether the guy really stole it from the Jew or whether he bought it from the Jew. Therefore, he cannot force anybody to take any oath. He does not even have a taina. He has a chazaka, but it's a chazaka that does not have a taina. It does not have a legal claim with it. Since he doesn't even know if he has a legal claim, he is just imagining that perhaps the guy bought it. But he doesn't know for sure. But over here, it's a chazaka shiyeshimai taina. He not only has the chazaka of three years, he has a valid claim because he knows that the I bought the field. Therefore, he is believed, and he takes a rabbinic oath 
that he bought the field from the Goy and that he witnessed the Goy buying the field from the first Jew. And he has over here a Migoy which he can utilize. Since he would be able, he has a Migoy, he would have a better claim to say that I bought it from you. He could make a claim that he bought it directly from the Jew and that I have already consumed the years of Chazaka. And for this he would be believed. So therefore, he is also believed to say that I bought it from this non-Jew who b- bought it from you in my presence. In the previous Allah, he has no mikoy on his taina because he has no taina. He cannot make a definite claim that the guy bought the field from the Jew. Over here, since he has a taina, he knows the guy bought the field, therefore he has a mikoy as well, and therefore is believed. The next three halachas deal with acquisition by means of a chazaka from the belongings of a child, a minor. Halacha Zion. One is not allowed to gain a chazaka by three years of possession and utilization of the profits of property in the belongings of a minor, even should part of it be after he has grown up. Ketzad, how is this exactly? He utilized the land for one year when this person was a minor and two years after he grew up, meaning after the age of Bar Mitzvah. So he has three years, but not all of three years when he was an adult. Baton and the one presently in charge of the field claims, that you sold it to me or gave it to me as a gift. His chazaka is worthless. Until he utilizes the land for three consecutive years after he has already grown up. After he has grown and he is already over the age of Bar Mitzvah, then three years will be considered the Chazaka. Incidentally, the Ravid here and the other Rishayim brought down by the Magad Mishnah disagree with the Rambam on this point and rule that it should he have the entire three years that this is also no good. When the Gemara says that you cannot have a chazaka, a filo higdil, even if he grows up, that since he originally took possession, when the, the person was a minor, then he did not have the presence of mind to make a machah, to register his objection, even after he grew up, even if there were three years later on. Therefore they say that in the case the Rambam describes here, there would be no chazaka. Halacha ches. In this halacha, there are two factors which weaken the claim of the minor. For one thing, in this halacha, we're speaking of a case where there's no clear proof that this child's father ever owned the field either. So there's no clear proof that he is the heir regarding this. A second a unique thing about this halacha is that the one presently in charge of the field is not claiming the field belongs to him. He rather claims that it was given to him as a mashkan, as security for a loan. And what is owed is the loan, not this property itself. Misha Someone that was in charge, in possession of the belongings of a child for many years, meaning three years or more. He claims that this is a mashkan, a security deposit left in my hands, and I am owed a loan of such and such an amount of money. And I took these, this piece of property or so on, a security to ensure my loan will be repaid. In this case, he has a migoy. Since if he wanted, he could say that he bought the land itself. 
that it is his property completely, Naman, he is believed. Because there is no Chazaka that it belonged to this person's father. Since there is no Chazaka that it belonged to his father, he himself could claim that it, that it was purchased by him, and he would be believed. Since he would believe, be believed with that claim, he is believed with the claim that it is only a mashkin. And he will collect, not from the land itself, but from its produce, from the profit it produces, the amount that he claims he is owed as the loan, and then the land itself is returned to the orphans that have inherited the land. If, however, it is it is reputed, it is public knowledge, there is literally a Kayla voice going around, that it, the land does belong to these orphans, that it's theirs. In this case, we rely on such a, an, a rumor, and ain't a Naman. We do not believe the one presently in charge of the field. Why? Because we have a general principle from the previous Allah, Shari ein One cannot gain a Chazaka of the land of a child. And therefore, he returns the field itself and all of the fruit, the profits, which he consumed to the orphans. Until the orphans grow up, reach over the age of Bar Mitzvah, and then he can bring them to judgment. He can bring them to Bezdin and have a dentata and try to prove that this field was a mashkin, it was a security, and he has really owed money from a loan. Let's say the one presently in charge of the field lived for these three years during the lifetime of the father. In other words, before the father died, he already had his chazaka. Since he would be believed to say that he bought this from his from their father, as in any other case where a person has shnei chazaka on a field, he takes a rabbinic oath and is and thereafter keeps the land. Since he would be believed to say that, he was also believed to say that your father owes me money, that there is a debt, an outstanding debt. And he collects from the fruit of the land, from the produce, and can collect even without taking an oath. Since he has this migoy, that he could say that it's mine, that he bought it, therefore he is able to collect. Apparently, the reason he doesn't have to make a shvuah in this case is that since there is no one with a legitimate claim of body, a definite claim against him, and one does not make a, uh, an oath in order to contradict or deny a tainus shema, only a, 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 a claim, which is not a definite claim, since the orphans here have no definite claim that their father did not sell it to him, therefore he does not have to take an oath. Halacha yud. A person running away, who is running away because his life is in danger, for example, the king wants to kill him, he wants to capture him and put him to death, one is not allowed to gain a chazaka in his possessions. And even if a person should be in charge of the field, in possession of it for many years, and have a claim that he bought, bought it, this usage of the profits of the field is no proof that it is his. We do not say as we usually do to the original owner of the field, why did you not make a macha? Why did you not enter a formal protest that he was on your field? Why do we not say so in this case? He is busy trying to save his life. 
He cannot be concerned about making machoys, making declarations about somebody with his land or not. His life is in danger. And in particular, should he make such an open claim, he is risking the possibility the king will find him and put him to death. Therefore, even with many years of possession, his land is, does not go from under his possession. However, this is only when his life is in danger. If he is running away because they're trying to get his money, he's like anyone else. If he does not enter an official protest, then one will be believed after having Shnei Chazaka in his, in his land. Then in the case where they're chasing after his money, for, for one thing, he doesn't have to worry as much that they're going to chase after him. First of all, there's not such a risk. It's only the risk of losing his money, not his life. But second of all, that they're going to run after him for his money. They anyway know that he has many debts, and they don't, they're not really sure whether they're going to get the money anyway. Therefore, he does not have to worry about exposing his presence through a machah, and therefore, should he not make such a machah, he is responsible for not doing so, he is answerable, and anyone else will be validly able to claim that they have a chazaka. Allah Hayyir Aleph. Machzikim ish. One can gain a chazaka by possession of the, of the land of a married woman that if there is land that she has taken into the marriage, that her husband is allowed to utilize during the time of their marriage to get profits from it, but the land itself belongs to the woman, one is capable of getting a chazaka in this land. Ketzar, how is this? He used the field for two years when her husband was alive and another three years after her husband died. So in the lifetime of her husband, he has no chazaka. But he does have a chazaka in her belongings after her husband has died. And he claims and says that you sold it to me, you and your husband sold this field to me. In this case, we listen to his claim. We put it in his possession. In other words, we believe his claim and allow him to stay in the field. Since he has a migoy, he has a better claim that he could have made. Since he could have said that I bought it from you after your husband died. Since he has already been there for three years after her husband has died and she has not entered an official protest. Since... He has used it during that time period. She has not protested. Then he has a chazaka in it. Just like any other case, a person is believed. With a chazaka, should there be no other proof, so too in this case he is believed. Here he's not claiming that. He's not claiming that he bought it from her. But since he wouldn't be believed in that claim that he bought it from her, he is believed also with a migoy that he, if you think he's lying, could have said a better lie. So therefore we believe him when he say he bought it during her husband's lifetime since he could have said that he bought it after her husband died and then he would be certainly believed. If, however, she only utilizes the field, he only utilized it when her husband was alive and even for many years, but he never had three years after her husband died, he has no chazaka, no right to the property. And since the husband did not have the power to sell it to him anyway, the husband himself, because it belongs to her, he has only the right to the payrace. Therefore, his utilization of the field when her husband was alive and the husband's lack of protest to his usage of the field does not prove anything. And therefore, since his possession of the field while her husband was still alive is worthless and meaningless, he has no chazaka, his three years are valueless as far as proving his ownership of the field. Allah 
In this halacha, the Rambam explains a general principle which we have utilized several times before. Any chazaka that a person has been in the field for three years, but he does not have a valid claim to the field, is not considered to be a chazaka that he can use as proof of his possession. In other words, just being there for three years is insufficient. Ketzad, how is this exactly? He has been utilizing the profits of this field for many years. Along comes someone complaining against him and says, Where did you get this field from? This is my field. This is not yours. He answers him. The one that is on the field answers, I don't know whose it is. Since no one said anything to me, I went into the field myself and took it. Ein zu chazaka. This is not a valid chazaka. Shari late time shall lock ha. Valeshen nitnal lay. Valeshen yerasha. He's not claiming that he bought it or that it was given to him as a as a gift or that he inherited it or any other valid means of transaction. He himself admits he has no valid claim to this field. Therefore, the field is returned to the original owner. However, even though he himself is not, is not making a valid claim, he is not saying he bought it or that it was given to him or so forth, nevertheless, we still do not take it away from him unless the plaintiff, the person complaining that it's his, can provide witnesses that it does belong to him. Simply, because the one in the field has no claim, this is not going to help the one accusing him unless he has some proof that he has, that he owned it. However, Havi Adim, once he does bring witnesses that at once belong to him, we return the field to him and we collect from the person who has been sitting on the field the value of all the fruits, all of the profits which his land produced that he has been utilizing. Furthermore, the court is not allowed to ask this person sitting on the field a leading question that he should not say he doesn't know whose field it is, but that he should learn from their question to say that he bought the field. We don't open up, literally, for this person holding the field to begin with. We don't ask him, Maybe you have you had a document and you lost the document implying to him that he should say that he bought the, the field or that it was given to him. We do not give him such a leading question, unless he makes himself the claim, he himself claims that he bought it or it was given to him. Should he not make such a claim? As the Raman said before, he must return all the fruits he ate. And furthermore, So to a person who has been utilizing this field for many years because he has a document, and later on the Nimsashtar bottle, it turns out that the document is completely invalid for whatever reason. Now the document is invalid. Do we say that he was anyway there for, th- for three years without any objection and he has a chazaka? Or do we say the reason there was no objection is because he had a shtar? And we're not the best and we're not the court and we didn't know the document was invalid. The Rambam says, but la chazaka. Even in this case also, his chazaka, his right to the land is nullified. And he must return the field, including all the fruit or the profit which he ate and return it to the original owners. Halachi Yud Gimel. 
A person whose claim to the land is as a result of his inheriting it, or his claim that he inherited it. He must prove that his father lived in the field, or utilized it as if it was his, even for one day. He does not have to prove that his father bought the field. He doesn't have to bring a proof of how it came into his father's hands. He does not need to prove that his father had it for three years. But he does have to prove that some, at some time it was in his father's possession. And once he himself has been on the field for three years as a result of his father's being there, then he, he himself has a valid chazaka. In other words, the heir's chazaka of three years is valid, but only after he has proved that his father was on the field at least for one day. If, however, he cannot bring any proof that his father ever lived there, he must return the, the field and all of the fruit, all of the profit which he gained from this field, to the plaintiff who is claiming that it's his and who is providing witnesses that it once belonged to him. And why is it that we don't believe this, this heir? As, as, even though he has three years of chazakah, he himself is not claiming that the field was sold to him or given to him. It's not a claim between him and the plaintiff. And he doesn't even know that this land ever belonged to his father. He is claiming that he got it from his father. And he cannot prove in any way that his father ever had it or his father even ever lived there. Since he has no proof, even indirectly, therefore he has to return the field. Let's say, He brings a proof that his father was seen there in the field. This is still worthless. Perhaps he just came to inspect the field. He was thinking of buying it and he came to look at it, but he decided not to buy it. He must bring a proof that his father lived there in this, in this house or this field. And in that case, it is sufficient to prove that he was there even for one day. And now the final halacha of the parak, halacha Yudalit. In order to clarify this halacha, we should get clear what the claim is of the defendant. He claims that originally the field belonged to Reuben. He is, he, the defendant is Levi. He claims that Reuben, the plaintiff, originally owned the field, and that Reuben sold it to, Le, to, to Shimon, and then Shimon sold it to him, Levi. And now Reuben is claiming the field from Levi, that Levi has no right to the field, and Levi is claiming that he came to it validly, that he bought it from Shimon, who had bought it from Reuben. A person, Levi, has been on the field for many years and earning profit from the field. Along comes the plaintiff, Reuben, he tells him, what do you have to do with this field? You don't have anything. Did I ever tell you you could come to this field? Did I ever sell it to you? Reuben says to Levi, I never saw you before. What are you doing here? Levi admits to him and says, I know that this field used to belong to you. And also, it doesn't say, the Ramam doesn't say, but he implies that I also know that you don't know who I am. But such and such a person, Shimon, let's call him, sold it to me. And he bought it from you. So since Shimon bought it from you, I bought it from Shimon. I have a right to the field. Reuben answers him, This Shimon who sold it to you was a thief. He stole the field from me. He has no right to it. 
Since you bought the field from a thief, you have no right to it either. And since Levi has already admitted it belongs to Reuben, and that he didn't buy it from Reuben, then he therefore has no right to the field. This is another case, as we mentioned, He has a chazaki. He's been there for more than three years, but he has no definite taina. He can't claim anything. He doesn't know if Shimon stole the field or Shimon bought the field. Shimon told him he's, he's, he bought the field, but he has no direct proof of it. So it's a chazaka sheni mataina. And normally the halacha would be that after Reuben can prove that the field once belonged to him, Reuben will be able to collect the field and all of the fruit which is consumed. However, over here it's even, it's even a worse claim because Levi has admitted that the field belonged to Reuben. So now Reuben doesn't even have to bring witnesses the, food, the, the field once belonged to him. Since he has already admitted that Reuben owned the field. He knows it's Reuben's field so Reuben doesn't have to bring witnesses now. And he admits that he didn't buy the field for Reuben. He admits he has no time. Therefore, he returns the field and all of the fruit as well to the plaintiff and in this case, even though in this case, Reuben, the plaintiff, has no witnesses that ever belongs to him. Since we have a, a principle, that if one of the, one of the Balidin and one of the people involved in the court case makes an admission, then it's just like a hundred witnesses have testified to that effect. Since he agrees that Reuben once owned the field, it's like Reuben has a hundred witnesses. Therefore, Reuben needs no witnesses for that, and the field goes back to him completely. But Cain Kolka Yitzhibu says, so too any other case. However, if he is Levi is able to bring a proof that this Shimon lived in it even for one day, or he claims that that Shimon brought the field from you in my presence, and then Shimon brought it to me. In this case, Levi has a direct knowledge that Shimon bought the field. Similar to what we said in Allah above regarding the Goy. That the Jew that got it, claims he got it from the Goy has no right to the field. However, if he says that the first Jew sold it to the Goy in his presence, then he has a claim and he has a Migoy. So too in this case, Levi now has a Migoy. And Mamidin Isa Biyada. We let the field stay in Levi's possession. Now he has a claim together with his Chazaka. He has a taina that he knows definitely that the field belongs to him because he knows definitely Shimon had it and Shimon had it legally. He was living there for one day. He has witnesses and therefore if he was a ganef he wouldn't be allowed to live there for that time and or in the other case that Amba mentions he has a proof. He was present at the time Shimon bought it from Reuben. Therefore it's a chazaka with a taina of a and if he wanted to say a lie he has now as a migoy because he wanted to tan va'amar mimcha l'kachtia that I bought it from you. Now he has he's like anyone else with a chazaka it's a chazaka with a taina shari yesh lishne chazaka since he has been for, on the land for three years. Therefore he has a chazaka he has a definite taina he's like anyone else with a chazaka since he would be believed to say that he bought it directly from Reuben since he has the chazaka he would Take a shvuas hesas that he was on that he was on the land for three years and, and that, he, that he bought the land directly from Reuben. He would be believed to make such a claim. He is believed now also with his claim that he bought it from Shimon, who bought it from Reuben in his presence.